What's going on, family? This is Cedric and Q coming to you with this week's episode of This Is My Therapy. So full transparency, I'm going to open up like this. I went back and listened to last week's show and was kind of sort of shocked at the conversation we had. Uh, I actually wrote my first piece for Medium after last week. And I think what shocked me was it seemed in a way to me like the conversation, it seemed like we had a lot of the toxic masculinity we talk about uh, and sexism and misogyny in it. And as I sat down and started to process and ask myself why, um, I started to realize that I think that there's a lot of reprogramming that needs to happen as far as us as men. Um, I know for a fact that the gentleman that I sat down uh, last week with would give the shirt off their back to anybody and look to help anybody that they can. But it seems to me, and, I, and I've mentioned this in, uh, in my article, that I think a lot of our feelings and stuff actually come from our life experiences. And I think that the place that society is in now, we are starting to shift away from it and start to really dig into how we view each other and treat each other, uh, both male, female, non-binary and everything else. So, uh, but I want to revisit it and just really start to look at what it takes to make that mental shift. Because like I said, I know for a fact, you know, we don't look to hurt anybody. And I don't think anybody was hurt. Actually a good friend of mine listened to the show and she told me like, yeah, some of that stuff was kind of, was cringe boots, but you know, it's it's the way y'all are feeling. And that's what I, one thing I brought up in that article was like, you know, this last week seemed like a copulation of our life experiences, our heartbreaks, our letdowns and everything else, I guess. So, but kicking over to you, Q, what do you, what do you think? If you had a chance to re-listen or, or what, man? I did re-listen. And not only did I re-listen, I played it for my sisters. Uh, one of my older, not older than me sisters, but older set of the older set. Mm-hmm. And my youngest sister. And, and I also played it for one of my cousins, which is a, which is a guy, a 30. Uh, he resonated with a lot of it. He, re- he resonated with a lot of it. I mean, he, he was almost like he was in the amen corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of what we were saying, my sisters, they they did get caught up on some of the words, and then you just kind of would, would just like, well, I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. It, but it, it, um, but the they some of it they was able to be like, I can see how how people will feel like that. Um, and so, in listening to it again on my own, it's. There, uh, of course, there's always more that I would say, but it is about the changes that we're having as a society. I think because men uh, men have these ingrained roles that they're supposed to fulfill mm-hmm. as providers um, in, 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 in an innate thought that they should provide. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of how we were talking about men are judged on how they provide. Uh, or not, it, it, but you because you also have the other side of that scale where there, there be more guys that are staying at home now, and even those it, it, when when you have the guy man that's staying at home because the woman's out making money, other men look at that man like he ain't on the right. same quality as them, um, and and then sometimes women look at him that way, right? Uh, but we have to get to a point where we understand that that's going that's different too, or that you have. Some some relationships where whether it's man 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 woman woman or man woman man woman that they're both working and how how do you try to make that that work as a goal? Do you try to be a power couple? Does, somebody has to be willing to submit. Uh, and, and is it a, is it about taking turns on who's going to submit, and, or is it a, there's a person that's more dominant and that's the person who's leading? Okay. Yeah, and see, when I listened to the whole thing, I really got stuck. Like, maybe it was just the tone, the way it came off. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it, there were hints of us being stuck in that 1950, 1960 mindset, which is going away. 
Um, the way I kind of process it was, like we said, society is completely changing up. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like it should have always been this way where we tried to maintain that fair balance. But I think that when we come back around to it, the biggest thing for me was to start to tear down, uh, plain and simple, tear down, you know, the patriarchal ideas. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, systems that are set up to keep people in certain places and in their roles. But the biggest thing that I get away from it, you know, that, that I take from it is that we've got to make sure we get to the point where we're willing to see one another, not as black male, black, black man, black woman, white man, white woman, this and that, but to dig beneath those labels um, and see each other as human beings, part of the bigger human family. Uh, like I said, that that was that's what really stuck with me. Now, going to the point that you're making as far as those specific roles and specific groups, that's almost a whole different level when it comes to relationships. And that's being open and honest with each other. But I, with that word, with that point being said, I think the most important thing is that we're open and honest with ourselves through it all. Because truthfully, yes. that's one thing I pointed out is that last week's conversation was a like I, I put it in, I, it was a deep dive. It, it was deep, and I put on there. It, you know, I, I gave. I went back and actually recorded a prelude, saying, "Hey, listen, this might trigger you. I'm sure if you, I mean, this this is going to be harsh. It it's raw, me. but sometimes those buttons need to be pushed. Yeah. So if we don't hit those sore spots, we can never really diagnose what the problem is. You know, like my article said, that was just all the, the last week's episode was us releasing all the bullshit that we've had to deal with in life. I mean, more or less from the time we won, from the times we lost, from the time we had a draw, from the time we had to start over. Um, and like I said, a lot of it seemed ultra aggressive, but maybe that's just in our nature to be that type anyway. But um, like I said, listening to it and listening to what we would call our truths is uh, it's therapy. And it's good. It's really a good thing that we had the opportunity to get that out, but then to go back and listen to it as well. So, and, and it's definitely an iron sharpening iron type of thing. Um, if you if you could hold your beliefs and don't share them with anybody else, then you don't ever have the opportunity to evaluate your beliefs mm -hmm. and decide and, and kind of get an idea of where they come from and what why you're holding on to them and. Where the value system comes from that allows you to continue to perpetuate it, um, and it, and it's because it's learned from somewhere. Mm -hmm. We come out of we come out of a box with nothing. It, uh, we we can't even walk. We can't talk. We can't do any of those things. We know how to breathe, mm -hmm. and, and we know we're hungry. Now, those are things we start off with. So most of those other things that aren't just physical attributes are things that are learned um, and have to be developed. So. And especially as we become adults, we have to evaluate those things. Um, and, but some people don't. A lot of people don't. A lot of people get into a routine and decide this is this who I am. And so they'll stay in a track of making bad choices or not as good choices or, or misinformed information and roll with it for years, mm -hmm. decades. And then they pass it on to their children. I pass it on to their friends. I pass it on to people who they come across. And so then you get whole swaths of people who have these beliefs. That's a, this is also how we come up with societal norms. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why, if you go to a certain part of the United States, they have a different value system than another part of the United States. Or if you broaden it out, different parts of the world yeah. have different value systems. There, there some things that are kind of universal, but even those are breaking down at this point. That things that you thought were universally what it is that people think isn't universally what people think. Um, a good example of that is the idea that women think that men should not hit them. And, and, and that's, that's a good example. Um, and the belief that there's no reason that a man should ever hit a woman. Not just women. Men think that there's a lot of men that think that too. I was raised by my parents. Uh, I had two parents. My mother told me that 
if a woman, if a girl hits you, you better hit her back. She might kill you. However, I, I, what I tell women, and I even tell my daughters, is that do not put yourself in man situations. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to want to put yourself in a situation where a man might hit you, don't put yourself in a man in a situation where a man might need to hit you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can't just hit somebody and, and just automatically decide that they ain't gonna hit you back. Right. Or just keep standing in somebody's face and think that because just because you're a woman, you might not get hit. They might not have read that same book. Right. And, they, and you don't know you don't know that this person might not hit you. Especially with somebody you don't know. Especially nowadays, man. Because yeah. folks are getting taken out, not just hit, but you know, you put your hands on somebody, that's an excuse. That's a good, I ain't gonna say excuse, that's a good reason to, that's to defend I, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I had to defend myself. And so, those are, those, that's a perfect example of a, something that was a societal norm. And if you go back a couple, a generation or two, it, it, you'd be like, oh my God. And not discount, not discounting the relationship abuse that would go on, the physical abuse inside a relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about basic. You're at the store, and a woman doesn't like what you said, or the way you put your shit in your car, or whatever, or had a reason with you, or whatever, and decides to get in your face, and you supposed you're supposed to walk away because that's what society says that you're supposed to do. That might be the wrong day. That no tell what might happen. Catch a bullet in your back, man. Yeah, it's it's sad that we got to that point of being where, I mean, some of the society norms were good. They kept some type of idea and order and direction. Uh, the whole idea, you know, now that I'm older and wiser, I guess I'm wiser nowadays. Uh, the whole idea of subservient women, again, that's that's supposed to be my equal that's supposed to be the wise counsel because i'll tell anybody in a heartbeat that you know for me my wife is my wise counsel before i go out and spend xyz or do whatever i'm going to go and say look this is what i'm thinking about doing what do you think um and i i want to make sure because this is almost the episode about this is more the episode about something um I want to really talk about the process of reprogramming and shifting um, because that's really what it's, it's required of us. Uh, I was always, I always like the phrase, you know, that if you're not, if something's not growing, then it's dying. You look out in nature, if you see a tree full of leaves and life, you know that it's growing, that it's improving, that it's getting better. If you see a tree that's rotted out and hollowed out, you know, it's dead. Uh, we've only way I'm going to grow is by gaining or losing pounds. I'm not going to get much taller, but I can grow. Each of us can grow individually, spiritually, mentally, and improve ourselves. So I guess that's what I want to focus on today is the steps to reprogramming. Because like I said, going back to that episode, it seemed like a lot of, so what you mentioned, how one person to treat, you know, how stuff is passed down, it's almost like generational trauma. Uh, it's been proven by geneticists that certain traumas in life, i.e. slavery, can affect, you know, the great grandchildren, the great grandchildren. It, it literally physically changes your DNA pattern. So it, so it almost seems like maybe some of the ideas that we picked up that were forced on us even that far back with the patriarchy that was put over us is still reflecting and raising its head today. So, but all that being said, what does it take to make the shift from being, I mean, I hate to say the enemy, but I mean, I I use the term ally in our our, uh, chat thread but what do we have to do for ourselves to make sure that we put ourselves in a place to help somebody that needs it? Okay. Am I making sense? So to, to make a change, any type of behavioral change, you have to go through the process of the cycle of change. Um, so the, the first is five different stages of change. There's the pre-contemplation where you don't really know that you have a problem. 
mm-hmm. that you are uh, still living life. You're still doing whatever it is you've always done until you get to a point where you realize, well, maybe somebody challenges that. Something mm-hmm. challenges that. And then you say, well, maybe there is a problem. Maybe there is something I need to change. And you have to do an evaluation of whether or not it's something you want to change. And that's when you get into the contemplation stage, which would be stage two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you, if you make an evaluation and decide that this behavior or this thing about you is something that you want to change, then you can proceed to stage three, which is the planning and, and coming up with a plan. Well, you know, that I know that these things are things that I want to change and, this, and do some research and, and talk to some people and maybe talk to, read a book or read an article, something mm-hmm. that'll give you some direction on how to go about making this change because it's something that you like, man, this is a problem. So and the way that I've been thinking isn't necessarily the way that I need to think. And, that, and that's also the stage where you start thinking about doing what, what I was saying earlier about evaluating, saying, uh, where did this come from? Why do I think it? Why do I, why have not changed mm-hmm. already? So you come up with a plan, and then it's time to go into action, which is number four. Um, in every month or every three months, you do, you do an evaluation on whether or not change is happening, okay. uh, whether or not your plan is working. And adjust your plan based on whatever, how you progress. Then the fifth stage would be maintenance. If you, if you didn't have progress for some time, whatever you do, it takes 30 days to change, uh, to change temporarily. Habit, yeah. It changed the habit, but to make a behavioral change, that takes at least 90 to 180 days to, to really have a complete behavioral change. Um, and, and then you want to maintain it. You want to keep 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 kind of evaluating, but maintaining what it is that you've been doing. And you can build off of it even if you want to at that point. So, like, if you're thinking about working out, you might just you might just go to the gym. You might just do some cardio. You might do some lifting, and that's all you kind of do. And you start getting your results off of that. And you're like, man, this is good. I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel yourself plateau a little bit. Uh, oh, and you start looking for something else to add on to it. So you might you might want to get into a spin class. You might want to want to get into CrossFit. Or you uh, you might want to get in a box or something. Right. To, to, to keep something is something within the lines of some things that make it easier to understand. Um, but then there's always the outlier, which is number six. Number six can occur at any time. Number six is relapse. Okay. Because these are the things that you've been doing all along. This is the behavior you always had. It's not going to just go away and stay away. It's always going to be right there in the mm-hmm. background. And anytime that something happens that's too uncomfortable, there's a chance that you might go back to what you find comfort in, which is behaviors you know. Right. And so the key is to even if you go into a relapse, to not let it hold you. Acknowledge that it happened. Think about what happened, how you how you got there, and then get back to where it is that you was and continue on. Okay. There you go. You gotta lay it out for you right there. And looping back around to it, this all it's funny to me because when I was doing my my processing of, of last week, I, I look back at uh the letter from the Birmingham jail. Uh, because again, let me make the point that today's discussion is about the reprogramming and the shift that we as men are going to have to do in our improved and ever-evolving society. Uh, I made the statement that I think that I would say that, uh, let me back up, let me read this excerpt from the letter from the Birmingham jail. It reads that, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's greatest stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizen counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, into a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. I read that because... Us as black men, I think, can almost 
fit the role of that moderate. Um, and I would say 65% of us are kind of like that, where we go along, we go along to get along. Um, you know, everything's going fine. The, the ladies are being taken care of and my wife's doing okay. And, you know, there, there's no tension or any stress. But at the same time, you know, there's a group that is making it clear that everything's not as equal as it could be. Um, and we mentioned, you know, there are some places where black women are owning it. You look at Georgia, you look at Atlanta, you look at other major cities. You look at, I mean, the mayors of, uh, I know Atlanta, of DC, other major cities are black women, you know, Chicago. Um, and Chicago serves twofold because you have to realize not only do you have a black woman mayor, but you have a black LGBTQIA uh, mayor as well. So she's kind of going back to that uh, subject about wearing the mask. She's taking her mask off and she's letting everybody know that, hey, this is the way it is. Um, but again, to make sure, because we don't want to play the, as, as I quoted before, the oppression Olympics or who's got it worse. We both have our hands full. Um, but I think that we've got to start looking at it more and processing it more and going through those six steps you talk about. Uh, I, I even <laughs> caught myself I was at one of my customer accounts this past week and uh, you know, I have a cut on my hand and I'm dealing with chemical. And I asked her to, to pass me some gloves because if I get it on my finger, I'm going to cry like a girl. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to cry like a girl. That's a pretty sexist comment, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty messed up. I'm like, you know, I apologize. That's out of line. And I think that all that being said, if we want to, if all of us want to advance and move forward, each of us individually, you know, us as men, uh, the women, the trans, the gay, everybody has to really look at the, their little piece of the puzzle. But again, it all starts with us doing our part, following those six steps and making sure that we start to pick away and try to prevent that relapse. Yes. And it, it, that, that is the constant way that you, you check yourself. Um, but I do think that there's a danger in becoming overtly aware of everything that you say. I, I, I'm a person that grew up prior to political correctness. Um, and it's a good and a bad thing. Like when I was growing up, we, de we definitely saw Pepe and Pew. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but because I grew up in Indianapolis, Indianapolis was very black, white. That okay. was it. It was there was no you didn't see no Asians. Maybe you saw. I don't even feel like we hardly had any Chinese takeout here. Mm -hmm. um, so we had very little Asian, no Mexicans, no Spanish people. No, you see, you didn't even see no Indians. And we had, right. we, had a, we had a place called Indians. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like what no Indians. Right. You, still, you ain't seen no Indians here now. No, not, uh, not not Native American Indians, but you, uh, you but will see the Eastern Indians. Indians. But they weren't here then. Mm -hmm. uh, so all we had was the stereotypes that you had on TV. Mm -hmm. So you, you expected Mexicans to be lazy. You expected uh, this or that because mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's what you've seen on TV. That's how they were depicted. Um, but once... You got exposed to it. You see that that's not the case in most situations. Um, in the reality, but also we can laugh at it. And I think there are these things. Realizing these stereotypes, types, and these are things that aren't necessarily the reality. Mm -hmm. We should be able to laugh at some of those things. We should. Everything shouldn't shouldn't cause you to be offended. Everything should not cause you to feel like. Uh, like you need to be on guard that mm. that, that they're talking directly to you it, 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 some of it you it does you no know, good to be stressed about and and that is what i think the danger is i think the stress levels of our teenagers stress levels of our children mm -hmm. and, and and all those other things are personified by the way that we have started to program ourselves to be on alert to be offended about everything Okay, and I'll give you that. I mean, and that's that's one thing I can definitely 
catch on to because even with uh, you know the big hot button topic a few years ago was the removal of Confederate statues. I don't believe that a Confederate soldier should be stuck up in the front of the courthouse in honor because growing up in the old South, I mean, and I, when I say old South, I grew up in Southwest red dirt, red clay, Georgia. Um, and those were a constant reminder of us Negro stay in your place. However, to take this statue down and put it somewhere where you can go and remember when you go on your field trips for school, this statue is in the museum for you to remember that, you know, guess what? This is what happened. Uh, as far as the point of being offended, yes, every, everything should not trigger you to the point where it's going to, hopefully nothing triggers you to the point where you end up losing your mental stability. But, you know, when something is said, like you say, I'm, I, I try, political co correctness can be so intense and so deep that you can't even have open and honest conversations with people. Uh, and I think that's kind of the messed up point of, you know, with the, with the reprogramming. We have to understand, we just have to not necessarily be cautious, but we have to be always aware of our audience and who we're dealing with. Uh, we have to make sure that we ourselves try to shift to become the people we want to be because, you know, I'm, I made the, I made the statement last week. Like, look, you know, I'm, I'm not the friend or ally that I want to be, but I, I always want to make sure that I'm there, that when people need support, they come to you. Um, and I say that knowing that we all can do better that we need to do better. But to your point, you are correct that you have to just make sure that we should not go out into the world where we're scared to talk. It, it requires us, just like I'm doing right now, to slow down a little bit and process. I have a real bad habit when I when I look at, when I listen to our uh, our tracks, our episodes of saying, I think, I think, I think over and over again. So, just as I'm doing now, one of the important things for us to do as individuals as we participate and create the shift, because the one thing we don't want to do is be on the sidelines of change. You know, the popular phrase now is be a change agent. We want to be on the front lines of making sure that our brothers and sisters of all races, creeds, colors, genders, everything can learn to see each other and respect each other in a way that we can be open and honest about stuff. Like you said, they're, they're canceling Pepe Le Pew and I kind of sort of get it, but just like with the Confederate statues, that's when the lesson has to be taught. Like, yo, you see this dude, he's, he's, he's a horn dog. He's chasing this cat down. He's chasing the pussy his whole life. And we should not be that way. Like this is, it's funny to see how crazy and how animalistic you can laugh at how much of an animal he is, but you should also take the lesson from it as well. And I think that's probably the most important part. So, intent of your words, but the content of your words, uh, that like even going back, that, that when we were talking about things that passed down generational uh, slangs in terms of endearment and and uh, random quotes uh, of things that were funny and in in past time without thinking about where they come from. Like even Cracker Barrel, uh, yeah. where Cracker Barrel, uh, for a lot of situations, kind of comes from a slavery term. Mm -hmm. uh, but nowadays, we just look at it as the name, uh, the name of a restaurant without having any context of where the name comes from. Right. Or, uh, or, or as you were talking about, he was like, I'll do something like a girl. I'm going to cry like a girl, yeah. Right. Or like he used to say, he throws like a girl. Or, mm -hmm. he, uh, or, or get out of your feelings, he's like a girl. Mm -hmm. These are all things he say to us. Or if you're talking to a woman, you like, you sound awfully manly. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or Got a husky voice. Yeah, yeah. Your hands are rough. Mm -hmm. Like a man. Your hands soft and supple like a lady. Yeah, yeah. You're right, right, right. You, you, and it only takes you one step off of being to the kitchen in the bedroom yeah the kitchen <laughs> and so that that there is a level of understanding of what it is that you're saying even if you feel like it's in a joking manner or it's not meant to 
to make someone feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, know what you're saying. Know, like you said, know your audience. Um, and it also comes down to your profession. If you are in a profession where that is kind of the way that you guys talk, you, if, you're the, if that's where you are, then you can talk like that among those people. But also understand that when you go away from there, that that there's a different expectations. Mm-hmm. Like uh, kind of like the thing that they, they got that um, that got that Trump took a whole lot of heat over. Yeah, grabbed by the pussy. Grabbed by the pussy. That no, that isn't necessarily locker room talk that I ever had. Right. I, no, I never. My <laughs> locker room talk was about the girls you go messing around with, but you ain't finna. You ain't gonna. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Like, dang, right. bro. And they let you do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, it, so, that, while that isn't necessarily what you want to say, that you can see that that might be something that might be said among a certain type of men. Right. And and that, see, and I guess my biggest, biggest concern is when you have the, the locker room talks, the joking and everything else, you know, we're talking about our what we perceive becomes our reality. And what I'm afraid of is that that type of thinking is what ends up leading to our actions. You look at, you know, you look at Trump, at President Trump, and realize that the guy, it's funny to me because people used to love him because he he had no filter, he was up and he was honest. Yeah, he was an asshole too. And it's one thing to be able to be honest with people and be truthful with people, but it's a completely different thing to be abusive. And that's what I want to make sure we can we can avoid because plain and simple. I mean, I have two boys, but you have daughters. So, you know, I, I guess it goes back to a question, would you want your daughter today to do like you? But then again, it goes back to the thing you said before. You, we're making sure to raise our kids to be smart enough to know that, hey, don't don't put your hands on a boy. Or, hey, listen. Unless you want to run the risk of a boy putting his hands on you. Or or you're telling your daughter, let me tell you what these dudes are about, okay? This is what this is the way guys think. And I'm going to be up in the, same way I just told you, I'm telling my boys to be honest with women. Listen, if I mean, and hopefully I can raise my children. Number one, I'm trying to raise my kids to be really picky when it comes to who they're with, both you know, intimately and relationship wise, and professionally. And professionally, but you know, I'm trying. I'm also raising them to be honest with the, with their people too. If only you want from a girl is if you're looking for a, when I was in in college, if you're looking for a cuddy buddy for a couple of months, tell her like, listen, I'm trying to listen to you for the semester. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to snuggle up with you for the semester and do some grown up things. And you know, I can't make, I can't make you no long term promises. All right, we'll see where we at. We do evaluation at the end of the semester. And and I think that dealing with that type of truth. If we can individually deal with that truth and remain honest with ourselves and with others, we as a society and a people can get further. So uh, I guess that's where I'm really coming from on this whole reevaluation because I can't reiterate it enough. I, I want to put it out there. I almost want to apologize because it's see, I, I do apologize because last week to me, in hindsight, seemed rough. So if I heard anybody's feeling last week, you know, it was it was like I said in my trigger warning, it's an open and honest conversation. But again, that conversation gives us a chance to go back and look at ourselves and see how we can make ourselves better for people too. I don't. I don't apologize for anything. I for being honest. Yeah. I I I because again, it's it's the truth that I as I perceive it. Uh, okay. perceive it, and it's sometimes. Sometimes people eat. Uh, last night I was with some friends. I, I just recently lost a friend, mm-hmm. but uh, one of the things that that friend was good about is seeing his truth, mm-hmm. and and understanding you got to be willing to. Uh, but he was also real overbearing. He mm-hmm. assumed that you do stuff for him, mm-hmm. and another friend said that I was one of the only people that was willing to hurt his feelings. <laughs> say, nah, okay. I mean, nah, I'm not going. Right. I'm not going to take you on the other side of town for $10. Come on, cute man, help me out. I know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not driving over your house and take you over there for $10. Right. Hey, and if you ain't 20, I'm still not doing it. I got something else to do. Right. So you got, you got, you can't, that, that's the part that I am uh, also trying to reiterate is that so you can't be afraid to hurt people's feelings. 
hmm. that if, if if everybody is afraid to hurt anybody's feelings, then nobody's being truthful. Yeah. So it, we get away from what it is that you were just saying is that you can't teach them to be truthful and then be afraid to say what they feel. And, and I think, and I think, let me, let me clarify my apology because that's one thing I'll say. I'm thinking about it, and that's one thing I noticed. I said, if I hurt your feelings, my fault because it's just being truthful. Um, but again, uh, it it gets down to that perception and reality phase. Um, listening to it, I realized that there were a lot of things that we will grow up with and take in and run with. And we never think about possibly, not necessarily if it was harmful, but if this thing is still effective and useful for me right now. Um, yes. And I think that's, you know, what did I see? I just finished a book called, um, oh, I'll find it. But what the gentleman said uh, is that, you know, everything comes into your life. Everything that comes into your life, you either need to bless it and let it go. No, you need to bless it and hold on to it or bless it and let it go. It's a uh, mountain conjure and Southern root work by Orion Foxwood. He's an author that I just listened to uh, as I go on my very unique spiritual path. Uh, but that's what he said, you know, never, never curse anything that comes into your life, I guess. Even, even when I listen to that episode and feel kind of ooh about it, what did you learn from it? So in life, you, the things that are good, oh, I'm so glad I got this, you know, take it in and break it down and learn from it and use it. Or when you listen to yourself, like I said, at that, at that restaurant, when I said, you know, I'll cry like a girl, damn, I should be thinking like that. Ooh, that was a good lesson I, I learned. I will cry like a baby if it burned me. There you go. And, and keep it moving. So maybe the babies get offended too. Babies too young. Babies too young to have an opinion, man. You, you, hey, hey you too young to have an opinion. So, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's where I think that this episode really, what it's revolving around. Uh, you know, like I said, that, that reprogramming of your reality. Absolutely. And, and, and it's thought reframing, which is one of the tools that therapists use. Um, one of the main things that when you're doing a disclosure with a new client is explaining to them that therapy can be harmful, mm-hmm. that, that it's not going to be joy, joy feelings all the time. It, it change is hard. Change, it, especially trying to process trauma or, or things that have happened mm-hmm. to you. You may not walk out of the session feeling that great. Um, and and you, it, that is part of the process of change. That's part of the reprogramming. Sometimes you have to break down those thoughts and 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 develop build it up from the ground up. Mm-hmm. You tear it down to the studs and, and, and start your whole new house almost. It's got some good bones because you still at heart you still a good person. Yeah, I was gonna go there. If you know you gotta, you got you need to hold for a whole new everything. You, you might even have to do the length the, the plumbing all over again. Everything gotta get reworked. It's like it's like that home the uh, home it was HGTV the women from Indianapolis good yeah, bones. Yeah, good bones. You, you got you got a good foundation. If the foundation is solid, if you can, if you can look at yourself and strip away every all the trash and junk that we take on our lives. And at least find a good foundation to build upon. That's where we go from there. You know, once you once you see where the strengths are, what the good is, you know, you can tear away, you can drop the old, pick up the new, and go from there. So it's just really important that we take that time to process and and like I said, to you know, go back and see what works, see what doesn't. Grab it, hold on to it, or if it doesn't work for you, take that lesson and, and keep it moving. So, yeah, yeah, that that's like I said, and, and it ate at me for a while because I, again, listening to it, I'm like, man, that was brutal. That was like, that's like getting hit with a Mike Tyson uppercut. Like you never see it coming, but you know, when you lay it all out there and look at it in the hindsight, bam, you look at the real. Mm-hmm. You go, ah, oh, yeah, that's where they got knocked at. at. Yep, right there. So. And sometimes it ain't the punch you seen land. It's the second punch that you didn't see land. Yeah, you never saw that Tyson uppercut come in. Yeah. Tyson's uppercut came from your belly button and yeah. straight up through the pipe. And you ne- and when it hits you, punch through it. It lays you out, man. And if you don't catch you with the 
fisty catch you with the bow uh, uh, on the after side, you still might go to sleep. Exactly. Man. Punch through good. Oh, punch through. Punch through all the bullshit exactly. that we go through on a day-to-day basis. Chill the magic helmet. In the great words of Elmer Fudd, who has not been canceled yet. And I'm sure they'll find a way. They're going to they cancel him because people with speech impediments, man. <laughs> oh, he's racist against rabbits. He hates rabbits. I mean, well, let's, let's see. Fog, Foghorn Leghorn needs, needs to get canceled. He's the old colonel, the old hillbilly, the red. Now, I, I listen say, here. I say, I say. Listen here, boy. I and, and I think again. Because we're, we're getting ready. Tom, I'm surprised they didn't hit up Thomas. Well, Thomas is always on the game. He, he wasn't really. Thomas, Thomas. Thomas A.K. Oh, Tom, yeah. man. Listen. Tom, Tom, Tom wasn't a stalker. Tom would play that game on him. He'd get out there and sing a song or something. See. He, he, you ever down in Texas, look me up. You know what I'm saying? Man, <laughs> he wasn't listen. aggressive about it. They weren't trying to run. You take. And, and this, man, you take the lesson. Just like. Folks are upset about Dr. Seuss books going away. Like, man, y'all don't even know y'all don't even know what books they were taking away. And if you look at the history, again, you know, take the lesson and move forward. Um, and I think that's what we're really pushing in this episode. Look at yourself, examine yourself, not by the old standard, but by and not even by the new standard, but but by the right standard. But I was watching uh, Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday, mm-hmm. and that's a perfect example of where I think we are overstepping, as that we are over so so focused in on everybody being tr- treated fair and equal that we aren't paying attention to the other things that are important in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he's an example of. Uh, the little China man being removed from uh, a Dr. Seuss book mm-hmm. uh, in the response. And he was also comparing it to people in China. And that people in China don't give a fuck that he's a, that there's right. a character in there. It's people in America that are concerned that sometimes body Chinese might get offended. Whereas they out there building whole, whole cities in 20 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, 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 and some of it is a diversion. Some of it is it's more. It's another layer of that conquer and divide. As long as, as long as the people that are in powers to be twenty cent mm-hmm. can keep us running around in circles, where we're blaming everything but the inaction of society of why they, our quality of life isn't better, mm-hmm. then. We don't have to face the real problems that we're having in the country. We don't have to. We don't have to truly address race. We don't have to truly address address economics. We don't have to truly address infrastructure. We don't have to truly address the, the emotional uh, erosion that we've had, uh, or the fact that we are we we claim to be very very moral, but we're very very immoral. Not at all. Yeah. And, and that and those are the, the realities that we don't have to face as long as we can play playing the illusions of all these things that, that are put together to divide us. Mm-hmm. Ah, so you hear something there too as far as the whole divide and conquer part. And that's something to dig into. There might be more, there might be something to dig in a lot on a later episode. But yeah, if they can, if we keep, if we get so PC and and politically correct almost seems a way, almost seems like a way of being dishonest with each other, where we can't tell each other the truth. And without being able to tell each other the truth, we really can't start to yeah, move forward. So that's why it's really important thinking about what we discussed in the past and making sure you got the right circle around you. Because like I said, you know, with our with our chat group that was going on, you know, Jared. Wish you were here today. Yeah, in our chat group, we were talking about uh, when it comes to our circle. I mentioned to Jerry how we got to have allies, and he's asking, you know, like, well, why? You know, we, why can't we just be about ourselves? And you know, me, you, him discussed it more, and eventually, it kind of enlightened him to being like, yeah, you you might have a point. So again, make sure to surround yourself with the right people, 
that can help direct you to the place and along a path that they know you want to go. Because if not, you know, the wrong people are just going to dragging you down. So yeah, your, your net worth is your network. It's about who you can reach out to that can get things done that you can't get things done in areas in which you aren't the, the expert in. Because um, we, we talked about it multiple times. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. But along the line, long terms of you progressing into different rooms, you should be meeting people along the way that could be those allies. And we're not saying you, you got to uh, 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 hitch your wagon to them forever, but they might be good for this season. They, mm-hmm. they, they might be a resource for now, and they can grow into being a resource for later. Yeah. And one person that served their usefulness. Uh, I used to look at uh, Marie Kondo, the, the organizational th- lady, and she says that uh, when it comes to cleaning your house and even our, our physical house or our house of friends, when something has served its purpose, when it doesn't spark joy anymore, thank you for keeping you warm. Thank you for being there and move forward. I mean, it's not like we're throwing our friends away, but eventually, you know, if we are grown each other, like, listen, you know, hey, it's been real, but. I don't know, how would you even have that conversation to tell the person like this is over with? I mean, I was gotta just tell like, listen, man. Well, you <laughs> had a good run. She was been fun, man, but I don't think it's a good fit no more. Yeah, part yeah we gotta let you go. Yeah, yeah. see you when I see you. Hey, or or not the real conversation. All right, man. I'll see you next week. Yep, see you next week. See you next week turns into months, and you and, and not again until you run into him in the street. Yep, and when you when you run to the street and you saw him coming, you tried to get away, but you couldn't get away. But I think that I think that the best way to go about that is just the gradual. It's, it's like a breakup. It's a it's a gradual separation. Like uh, you be as real as you can be with him and be PC uh, if you need to be. If you feel like that's the way you want to go about it, um, but explain it. This I'm gonna move in a different direction. We still yep. cool, because you never know when you're gonna leave that person again. Yep. We still cool, but I'm about to make these moves like this right now, and you know I kind of keep you abreast or whatever. Yeah. It, it, uh, and if I see an opportunity for you to jump in here and benefit too, I'm gonna look out because because we didn't look out for each other before. Yep. Um, but this is where I'm heading, and you know what I'm saying. So I'm not gonna be able to move with you like this like that anymore. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, sometimes you just ask a person, so where is this going? How, uh, man, we, we two, we two, you can start the conversation off as simple as saying, man, we are two completely different people now, aren't we? We just going two different directions. Like, man, it's, it's been real. Like, dude, we, and that's the thing about it, some of that stuff almost happens organically. Like, you, when people start to grow apart from each other and separate, uh, it just it doesn't need to be forced. You just look up one day and realize, like I was really good about calling certain people all the time, but now I look at myself. I look at the phone. He's like, "Dang, I ain't talked to him in two weeks." Mm-hmm. And it it just happens that way. Like you know, I wish I talked to family members more, but honestly, like right now, it's just I'm I'm ripping and running, taking care of family here, taking care of this home. So, but good conversation, man. Uh, I think we have we. As the as they say in the old black church, have we done what we came to do? I I think we we had. I think we've hit all the important parts. So, um, now do we do we allow people to comment? Yeah, uh, thanks for reminding me. So I actually get the wrong email just last week. It's this is my theory pod at gmail dot com. Uh, so yeah, if y'all if if you have any comments or thoughts. I'll check that email later on. Uh, I'll take it later on this week. This is my podcast. This is my pod. This is my therapy pod.com. This is my therapy pod.com. That is our email address. There's no at in there anyway. And then I say at gmail.com. No. This is my pod at gmail.com. There we go. It's been a, see, it's been a long day. It's all oh, the damn daylight savings time. Got me all jacked so up and out of whack. Hour. I so a whole hour from us. A whole damn hour. Why in the hell do we even? That's the. I mean, at this point, man. Okay, so insensitive moment of the day. They said there's a Native American quote, which I know is not, but they attributed to them. They said that only a white man will cut an hour. No, only a white man will cut an inch off the top of his blanket. 
saw it to the bottom of his blanket and think his blanket got longer. Daylight like saving time is the dumbest, most useless thing we need nowadays. But anyway, I'll get my sleep and catch up later on. So um, before I give Q the floor for his final thoughts, like Maury, or is it not Maury? That's uh, Jerry, Jerry's final thoughts. Uh, next week, you guys won't hear a complete new episode from us because fortunately and unfortunately, that's my weekend duty. I'm on call. So we may drop a quick uh extra booster shot or a quick mini episode, but Q and Jared are going to get next weekend off from the show. So uh, until then, we'll, you know, I'll be talking to you at that point in time. So Q, take us home, man. Get us out of here. Well, we talked about a lot of things today, mm-hmm. but more than anything, we talked about change. Some of you might not need to change very much. Some of you might need to change a lot. Some of you may need a a new, a fresh start. Um, Understanding that skin cells, all of your skin cells change out over a seven-year period. So you're a new person every seven years. So within in that time, you always have the opportunity to change because you're a completely new person every seven years. So if you're physically a new person every seven years, you have the opportunity to change who you are multiple times. Um, I've said it on the podcast before, but I say it all the time, that if you do not like the weather, change your location. Saying that if you don't like who you are, you're the only person that can change it. So if you don't change it, you can you only have yourself to blame for why you are where you are that i'm done this sounds good to me so thank you all for listening um hope you guys stick around even after that insanity last week that tough conversation we learned from and this is cedric and q signing off y'all have a great week